0: Looking at Romans 15 as we begin to draw to a close uh, in this uh, wonderful book. What have we learned so far over the last few weeks from chapters 12 to 14? Well it started off in Paul saying it's all according to God's mercy. God's mercy is great. He's talked about it for 11 chapters and now he says in view of God's mercy I urge you to live this way he goes on and he talks about being an individual in community. We all have responsibilities towards ourselves as individuals but we have great responsibilities towards one another in community. He also talked uh, there for a little while in chapter 13 about the end being near but uh, if the end is near that's not a call to sit around doing nothing. It's a call instead to be actively living our lives reflecting well the teachings of Scripture. And Paul dealt with that theme in various other places uh, in the New Testament. He, uh, He mentions that the fact that we belong to another kingdom doesn't mean that we're exempt from the responsibilities of living our everyday lives within this kingdom. And that's where he wants to focus his attention. Instead of just sitting around preparing ourselves uh, for life after death let's uh, make sure that we live life before death and live it well with responsibilities of the everyday uh, within the here and now and uh, in in the next chapter he says and, and this has uh, ramifications in a whole lot of areas it has political ramifications for instance it means that uh, you're going to live responsibly as citizens of the city and the state and the country Uh, that you're actually living in. But overall uh, the call is to a responsibility of loving one another and such love will involve accepting one another even when we believe differently about how we should live our lives and that's what we looked at last week. We saw that it was a call to tolerance and to non-vilification. Paul is addressing a multicultural church Paul is addressing a church that is grappling with one of the biggest issues of the day and that is the Gentiles and the Jews coming together in one community. I don't think today we can begin to understand how difficult that was uh, for the Jews and for the Gentiles uh, to see that they were to come together into this community of faith with responsibilities towards one another. It was difficult. It was hard stuff. And so uh, Paul is urging them to uh, be tolerant towards one another as Gentiles and Jews with with the enormous diversity, the differences that they brought into this community of faith and to not vilify one another in the process. And so that was last week's chapter, chapter 14. We come now to chapter 15 and and chapter 15 in in many ways uh, Paul is dealing with a whole lot of issues and uh, sort of wrapping it up and, and, and that's understandable he's writing a letter to a church that, he's, that he hasn't actually visited yet and, uh, and he's gone through 11 chapters of some pretty heavy theology some would say uh, the, the, the best and most thorough presentation of his message uh, the theology that lies behind it and now he's come to a few chapters where he's dealt with the, the outworking of that in the everyday and some pretty difficult issues uh, that he was dealing with and now his mind's probably all over the place what haven't I said Uh, what haven't I said to these uh, beloved brothers and sisters that I so long to go and visit because in some ways remember this letter is a preparation for the visit to to Rome that he hoped to make so he's probably thinking what haven't I said and and here in chapter 15 in chapter 16 it takes a bit of a different course but in chapter 15 he seems to be uh, trying to wrap it up and a whole lot of issues um, come up in this chapter and it's a little bit difficult to uh, to wade through in some ways but as I went through it in preparation for today I, I, I found um, two major themes running through the chapter and they could be summarized under these two headings the, the, the first one of loving one another as individuals in community well he's already been there he's already talked about that he's already said a lot about it but it is so important to him and this is a theme that comes up in so many of his letters that you are individuals, that God has saved you personally and individually but you are members of community and you must love one another and so in wrapping all these thoughts up he comes back to this theme again of the importance of loving one another as individuals in community and then the second theme the inclusiveness of the Gentiles and what that means including Gentiles into the community of faith and he wanted to say a few more things about that so let, let me look at this chapter under those two headings loving one another as individuals in community you picked up I'm sure uh, in, especially in the first half of the chapter some of the things that he's saying some of them is repeating what he has said before But that that just highlights the fact that this is so important. I don't want you to miss this, he's saying to the church in Rome. I don't want you to miss this. This is so important. He says in verse 1, strong people should bear with weak people. Well, that's a reflection back to what he's just been talking about in chapter 14. uh, how how, How to deal with differing opinions. But he goes on and he says, don't live to please yourselves. And again, this is a theme that he keeps on coming back to. That as individuals in community, we don't live to please ourselves. This is the bottom line in so much of what he has been saying in these last few chapters. Life is not about living to please yourself. As an individual in community, you must live responsibly looking out for others, looking out for others' needs. And so in verse 2 he says, uh, this calls us to please your neighbour for his good, to build him up. We know that your neighbour has a, has a very wide application. Uh, Jesus' teaching, the Good Samaritan, it, it uh, took us way beyond uh, those who are living next door or sitting next to us in the seat or, or, or even culturally the same takes us a, a, a long way into inclusiveness which is a theme that really fit what Paul is trying to get across uh, to the church in Rome. He actually elaborates this theme in Ephesians, Ephesians 4.29 uh, and he applies this theme to the principle of communication so it gets down to the, down, down the nitty gritty, doesn't it? The idea of pleasing a neighbour for his good to build him up in Ephesians 4.29 is applied, that principle, to communication to how we communicate with one another. It says don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Now I I, I used to uh, reflect on on this verse um, a a lot when I was uh, teaching these principles of communication and especially to to counselling students because the idea of communication in relationships is just so powerful and so important. I used to think that if if we got this one right, (laughs) the world would be a different place. If we, in our communication, decided that we would not have any unwholesome talk, and by the way, unwholesome talk is probably not talking about swearing or anything like that. In the context, unwholesome talk is anything that doesn't build other people up. And so don't let anything that doesn't build other people up come out of your mouths, but instead be committed to that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. It's a very challenging thought, I I, I think, to um, uh, have a bit of a reflection on the way we talk to one another in our families and in church and in our neighbourhoods and at work. Uh, the way we communicate to one another. And so much communication is to get our own needs met, to fulfil our own needs, to want to say what I want to say. And uh, rather than uh, having uh, the the mind to uh, find out what are the needs that the other person has and to build that person up according to their needs that it may benefit those who are listening. It's very challenging thought I think so you, you can see that he's, he's getting this principle of our responsibility of living in community and bringing it right down in the Ephesians passage to the way we talk to one another so all these grand principles uh, are, are not just there as theoretical uh, uh, constructs that sort of hang over us they all have very real application in our everyday lives right down to the words that we choose to say to one another verse 3 he says well in other words be like Christ this is the way that he lived and he goes on and he says he he lived a life that actually fulfilled the scriptures and then in verse 4 he turns his mind to the scriptures and we've been reminded of this very well today how important the scriptures are in our lives um, and, and he's in verse four. He's basically saying, "I want you to regard the scriptures appropriately. Regard them as uh, as teaching. Receive them as teaching uh, for the way that you should be living in community. Uh, be encouraged by them." He says, "Let them let them build you up." So he's turning from the words that we use to one another to the words of scripture, and he's basically saying, "You know, scripture does this for you. Scripture speaks into the needs that you have." Scripture speaks into who it is that you are and and with the idea of building you up. And so receive them as teaching. Receive them as encouragement. Let them result in endurance and hope. So it's a wonderful reflection, I think, where, where Paul is saying, look, speak this way with one another Uh, think of your neighbour and and, and build him up and reflecting on the Ephesians passage that's talking about communication and then he's basically saying this is what the word of God does for you build you up and let it result in endurance and hope so that's the scriptures and what the scriptures need to be doing in your lives and then in verse 5 he turns to the work of God generally and he says allow God to do his work within you and this work involves he, he lists a number of things this work involves endurance uh, to, help you to help you to stick it out this work that God is doing in your life involves encouragement to build you up again how important it is in community this work involves that God is doing in you involves unity accept one another he says in verse 7 and reflecting back again to the chapter last week that means even people with different opinions accept them and then in verse 13 he says the work of God is going to fill you with hope and joy and peace. So you see what he's saying? He's saying that we're called to be individuals in community. We're called to love one another. We're called to communicate well with one another. And there there are two influences that he's talking about so far that are working within us to bring that about. Scripture and God's work within us. Now God works through Scripture, we know. And so Paul is saying, God is doing his part to work all this within you. Now you do your part. Express that work so that the community of faith uh, is is built up. And in verse six he says and all of this will result in worship. And worship is well expressed in song. We've done that today. it's, it's some beautiful uh, music today. Worship is also expressed in just the way we live our lives. In fact Paul in in introducing this section in Romans uh, talks about our spiritual worship uh, being the, the, the sacrifice of our own lives and that being lived out and worked out in all these very practical things that we're talking about. So when, it, uh, when verse 6 talks about resulting in worship it, it, it surely involves uh, all aspects of worship of, of music and singing and, and celebration as well as the way that we live our lives. And so these are the things that he's trying to pull together as he comes to the end of this letter about being a community of individuals committed uh, to loving one another. The second theme is more around uh, this uh, th- this specific theme of the Gentiles and how the Gentiles, in other words, the non-Jews, the people in the uh, in society who were not Jewish, are uh, being included into the community of faith. This is such a vital issue. Uh, we see it raising its head a number of times in uh, in the Book of Acts the Council of Jerusalem where decisions were made uh, that uh, fortunately protected uh, the church from becoming an exclusive little sect and uh, allowed the inclusion of the Gentiles or encouraged the inclusion of the Gentiles. It came up in a number of ways and and Paul saw himself as the apostle to the Gentiles, as the one who God had called with a very special mission of being able to reach out to those who who were not uh, Jews across the Roman world, and so he talks about this, and I think his purpose here remember he 's talking to a church that he hasn't he hasn 't visited doesn 't seem that he knows a whole lot of them, although next week we 'll see that he knows some of them but he um, doesn 't seem that he knows a whole lot of them personally he hasn 't been there, and he 's hoping to go there very soon and he 's talking to a church that is made up of of gentiles and Jews and proselytes and proselytes were people who weren't weren't born Jewish but had become Jewish they had converted into Judaism and oftentimes through circumcision and through uh, obeying Jewish laws uh, dietary laws and various other laws they had become Jews through being proselytes and the proselytes were some of the strongest in saying these Gentiles need to become more Jewish (laughs) because they had, they had uh, to become more Jewish for various reasons and they had a strong argument in saying these Gentiles need to become more Jewish to fit into the community of faith and Paul is wanting to communicate an acceptance to the Gentiles Paul is wanting to communicate how important it is that these people not only be accepted into the community of faith but affirmed and encouraged and allowed to be seen as strong and flourish in the community of faith. And so he does everything he can to build them up and to affirm them and help them to see how important they are. So for instance in verses 8 to 12 he says you know what Gentiles the Old Testament prophesied this. He says you were talked about in the Old Testament. Now these were promises to the patriarchs of old and what we're seeing here with the Gentiles coming into the community of faith and becoming God's people because that was the theme right across the Old Testament. They will be my people and I will be their God talking about the Jews Uh, but we see glimpses of the Gentiles coming into this wonderful acceptance by God and Paul is saying, look, this is what was prophesied. What we're seeing in Rome today is what was prophesied in the Old Testament. He quotes from Second Samuel, he quotes from Psalms, he quotes from Deuteronomy, he quotes from Isaiah, all highly respected books, writings in the Jewish community. And he's saying, this was prophesied in the Old Testament. This is good stuff, he says in verses 14 to 16 he talks about the results of reaching out to the Gentiles and he says I know they've become mature they're full of goodness they're complete in knowledge they're competent to instruct one another so they're not also rands they're not people who are second rate citizens in the community these people Paul is saying they've become mature they're good they're knowledgeable and they're competent to instruct one another these people are pillars of the church he's saying Now, this is perhaps difficult for us to understand how radical this is, what Paul is communicating into the community of faith. They're an offering acceptable to God and they're sanctified by the Holy Spirit, he says. Well, them's fighting words (laughs) to a lot of the people who would have been hearing what he was saying. They're sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Sanctified just means set apart. They are set apart. Well, those were words that were kept and protected for for the Jews for God's own chosen people and Paul is daring now to apply them to the Gentiles they are set apart these Gentiles set apart by the Holy Spirit Paul says my life amongst the Gentiles has caused me to become convinced of their maturity I've written to them boldly oh yes and I've, I've reminded them as, as a way of teaching but I know that they're mature and all of this is because God's grace has enabled it God's grace has enabled it and so he comes to verses 17 to 33 and he reflects on his ministry amongst them as he reflects on his ministry amongst the Gentiles he glories in Christ He says this has been a ministry of God doing these things through me and what a privilege it's been for me and this has meant that Gentiles have come to God. God has enabled me saying in these verses to do signs and miracles and to proclaim the gospel and it's resulted in Gentiles coming to God. It's been a ministry where others haven't previously ministered he says but God has done such a good job there there's nowhere left for me to go except to come to Rome he says I hope after I fulfill my ministry towards the poor in Jerusalem that I will be enabled to come to Rome we know the story from Acts that that actually happened perhaps not the way that he expected it or wanted it but it happened so that's what I think he's saying in chapter 15 He's talking about the inclusiveness of the Gentiles. He's writing to a church with many Gentile believers. Can you imagine how they felt when they received this? These people who were oftentimes made to feel like second-rate citizens within the community of faith. Uh, These people who uh, perhaps didn't feel very accepted at all and he's saying these things about them. He wants them to feel very much a part of the family of God. They're not second-rate Christians. They are the prophesied ones. This is what our patriarchs looked forward to and saw it happening because of the work of God. These are the people of God's special attention through Paul. These are the people who belong. And so he's writing to the Gentiles and he's saying, I want you to know that you belong. And I've seen maturity in you. And I've seen the maturity that you're even competent to instruct one another. This is what I want you to know. And so running through all of this is so love one another. I, I guess in some ways, when you praise somebody up like that, you could have a bit of reverse racism. <laughs> you'd have the Gentiles turning around and saying, Whoa, you know, we were prophesied in the Old Testament, you know. We're pretty cool, we're good, we've we've got it all together, we're the strong ones. And so he's saying pretty strongly to the Gentiles, no, 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 don't turn it around like that. Gentiles, Jews and proselytes in the community of faith, you all need to treat one another with respect and with love. Now, as I look at a passage like this, I I find it very interesting to unravel and unwrap Uh, what Paul is actually saying uh, to this uh, growing community of faith in the capital of the world at this time very interesting Uh, but it's not good enough just to be very interesting it needs an application (laughs) and how does this apply to us today well obviously the theme of love one another that's pretty I was going to say easy to apply don't get me wrong it's not easy to live (laughs) the application of it is obvious, isn't it, to love one another. The details of what we've just been through in this in this chapter and throughout these chapters of how to love one another and to refuse to live for ourselves are all challenging and, and, and these are things that we need to be putting into practice and even just starting with the communication will keep us busy for a long time. And so there, there's some obvious application there. But what about this other theme of... Belonging to a community of faith and and the Gentiles being welcomed in and not just put up with but they've become pillars of the faith and and, and people who are to be respected and encouraged and now they're going to be teaching us and so forth. How how does that apply? As I was thinking about this I I thought about well I, I wonder if an application is how we treat people who may be feeling that they don't really belong to the community of faith today, they're outsiders. Well, they're insiders, but they're on the edge. You know, they don't really feel. And maybe we don't believe that, but how do they feel? As I thought about, well, what what groups are we talking about? Well, I, I thought of children and, and and young people who often don't feel that they're really significant in the life of the church, the life of the community of faith. Um, oftentimes they're, they're called the church of tomorrow. A lot of, what a lot of rubbish. <laughs> you know, they are the church of today. Uh, children. Uh, Jesus was so receptive of little children as they came to him, and, and they're the church of today. And they have ideas about what church should be like. I visited a friend in the City of Melbourne at, at the council who's uh, a policy writer in children just last week and uh, she showed me the, the result of the uh, City of Melbourne doing um, uh, some uh, really good some consultancy work with children about the children's plan and uh, there was this rather large uh, book that's that's been produced with um, kids' drawings and words about what they want to see Melbourne to be and it came out of... Uh, Conversations between council officers and 200 uh, children at different times across a period of 12 weeks, I think it was. And they produced this children's plan and produced it to council and said, This is what the kids are saying. Uh, you see, that's kids being included in, in this particular case, uh, a city and its plan for kids. Kids want to be included uh, in what the church is all about, young people, uh, perhaps even more so. And I don't know, that's one group that came to mind. That's for you to reflect on. Uh, One of the things I'm doing uh, with um, Sophia Think Tank uh, that that, uh, keeps me busy most of the time during the week, we have roundtables, roundtable conversations with leaders out of different sectors of society. Um, Recently we we had one roundtable in Melbourne and another in Sydney with groups of artists, uh, Christian artists, just talking about um, life in general for, for them as artists and some of the issues that they raise and, and, and one of the things that came up both in Melbourne and in Sydney with this group of artists, most of them young people uh, was they, they feel um, not accepted in their local churches uh, that they, they, they don't feel important um, that, that's another uh, group of people that perhaps we should be thinking about and the same thing came up with business executives uh, just last week and then the week before I had a round table here in, in Melbourne another in Sydney with, um, with some Christian business leaders and, uh, and and one of the things that came up not so much about non-acceptance but the idea of being down on the hierarchy because of how elevated we put so-called Christian service Uh, Just recently there was an article that hit one of the Christian newspapers uh, that talked uh, in in glowing terms about a person who was coming out of um, political life and moving into theological college uh, to, uh, to, to study for what this article called the ministry. Well, it's good that a person follows God's call to do that but it's moving from one ministry to another ministry because all of us are involved in ministry in where, wherever we're at and uh, as I listen to these uh, business leaders uh, this, this theme of um, the, the idea that uh, on the hierarchy uh, so called Christian service seems to be elevated uh, to the extent of undermining God's calling uh, to other sectors of society well maybe that's, that, that's another one that came to mind uh, but you know where god is stirring your heart in these things is, is there any group of people or any person that it's not only it's not only sort of um accepting in but it's affirming to the extent that paul has affirmed here the gentiles he 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 has encouraged them he's built them up and he's said you are the are uh, 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 the answer to god's prophecies you are the fulfillment i should say of God's prophecies in the Old Testament well that's glowing language God has called me and enabled me and made sure that through my ministry you have come into the community of faith well that's glowing language God has been working and he's pulled it all together to allow you to be a part of the community of faith I wonder how we would be if we took that sort of attitude to affirm and to encourage people or groups of people who may feel a second rate within the community of faith food for thought let's pray just a moment of silence God, we thank you so much for your love for us, and um, we we take the challenge that you've called us to that sort of love for one another. Um, we we know that we let you down in in that so often. Usually, it's not because we want to, or it's on purpose, but we just seem to go about our lives, uh, oftentimes neglecting other people. Uh, I, I pray that you would forgive us uh, for where we're guilty of that. And that you would help us to be mindful of where other people are at. And uh, perhaps especially where other people are not feeling that they really belong. Just please help us to be mindful of of that and to know what we can do about changing that situation. We thank you for Paul and his uh, commitment to to these things and to his uh, willingness to write so clearly. We ask that you would help us to live them today and uh, this week and until we meet again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.